Ripping Bonnets. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Ripping Bonnets. Today we'll be reviewing The Hope Chest, the fourth and final installment in Wana Brunstetter's Brides of Lancaster County series. I am one of your hosts, Kristen. I'm Jessica. I'm Leanne. Guys, what did you think about this book? This is hot just, garbage. Just, just like overall impression. I was so bored. Like nothing happened. Hold up. So before we talk about what happened, should we do our 60 second summary? I, don't know I mean, it. my 60 second summary would be like nothing fucking happened except for her brother dies <laughs> at the end. Like that's it. Oh, I have so much to say about that. Okay, I'll, somebody time me. I'll, I'll take this one. All right. Let me, let me get a timer up. The thing I'm worried about is um, so much didn't happen that I don't even know I could fill up 60 seconds of time I know, about it. I, I know. You know what? Okay. What? You know what? I'm going to take it because I feel, I feel confident I can fill 60 You're confident seconds. in this. Oh, okay. shit. All right. Okay. I'm going to get all a timer right. out for you. Hang on. Let me just time this shit. And first of all, just let me say before we get started that for all that nothing happened in this book, this is Wanda Brunstetter's first real attempt at multiple plot lines. That so is it's true. Really, truly impressive that she managed to add in like two or three other plot lines and still have nothing happen. All right. Ready? Are you ready? I am ready. And go. All right. So we open up on our heroine, Rachel Beachy who is eavesdropping on her sister, Anna, and Anna's not-boyfriend, Silas. Silas is in love with Anna. Anna is not having it. We later find out, after quite a lot of sketchy behavior on Anna's part, that that is because Anna has been, who is confirmed in the church, has been seeing an Amish boy who is deciding not to get confirmed in the church to leave the faith, and she has eloped with him and is running off to live a fancy life. 30 seconds. Now, that leaves Silas crying for Anna, Hoping against hope to someday recover, Rachel wants all of that D. <laughs> uh, Anna's Anna and Rachel's parents are not recovering well from their daughter leaving the faith. Um, there is some really bad foreshadowing. Ten seconds. Rachel's little brother dies. Uh, the family reconciles, <laughs> but not quite. Rachel marries Silas, and scene. Well, that's basically what happened. <laughs> I think we should also mention, too, that um, Anna and Rachel's mother is Rebecca from the second book, the the um, one that ended up in a wheelchair. And yeah. I think everybody will be really happy to know that there are a lot of references to wheelchairs. Like, they can't talk about Rebecca moving once Not without, once. like, mentioning how she, there was a, right, she rolled her wheelchair up the ramp. She rolled her wheelchair to the table. She used the lower counter because she can't stand. She buttered bread. She picked lettuce. She um, bit, stirred pancake batter from her wheelchair. Explicitly, yes. every time. Mm-hmm. She's so able. She no longer can run her greenhouse, though. No, no, she can't run her greenhouse, and it's hard for her to use her crutches anymore. But there is still there is still a whole lot of, like, questionable disability um, yeah. characterization well, in this gotten, book. She's so old now, because if we recall, at the end of the last book, she was, what, like, 24? Right. And now her oldest kid is 20, so she's all of 44. Should we just jump right into timeline math because i spent about two hours during the super bowl right now working the math out between the four books i'm i'm really excited for this yes so wanda as you go through the series realize she's making a multi-generational series so like after the first book there's like mention of like every like the characters recur and the characters are also really expository about their relationships to each other and so i started doing the math because it felt something felt off about like who's a great aunt and who's a great grandma and how much time has passed so i will say this by the hope chest she gives enough ages where it's if you do the math 
it's consistent and the character's ages and the time period works out. So this is this is her math within the universe. Okay. A Mary Hart, the first one, uh, at the start of that, Rebecca and Mary Ellen are six years old and Aunt Miriam is 26 years old. Okay. Between a Mary Hart and the second Looking for a Miracle, 13 years pass, which makes Rebecca and Mary Ellen now uh, 20 and Miriam 39. And Anna is born at the end of this book. She's an infant this year. Okay. Then 18 years pass, and we get book three, Plain and Fancy. At this point, Miriam is dead. She would have been a max of 57. They do not say, as far as I can find, <laughs> when exactly she died. So she died pretty fucking early. Oh, damn. Rebecca is now, Rebecca and Mary Ellen are now about 38. Anna is 18, and she does in, in Plain and Fancy. I, I realized this when I was looking back. Anna makes an appearance in Plain and Fancy. Oh, does she? She Where? talks in the greenhouse to Pauline. Oh, um, really? And we realized that she and Pauline and Lara are kind of contemporaries in the community. Uh, now, Lara and Eli Yoder are a few years earlier than Pauline. Pauline is 19 at this time. Anna is about 18. And then five years passes and we have the hope chest. So Pauline's 24. Anna's little brother, Joseph, is 21. Mary Ellen and Rebecca are 43. And they are grandmother. Mary Ellen is a grandmother. And... Um, at this age, um, Rebecca is also pining to be a grandparent. Yeah, that that's not uncommon. That is not uncommon. No, not uncommon. And I actually grew up with people who were like 40 young grandparents in their young 40s. So that makes sense. Oh my God, I have patients at work that are my age and grandparents and it like makes me want to kill myself. Oh, it makes me want to puke. There will be like people in the Amish community where like the mom is like still having babies and then like her daughter starts having babies. So like your child could be the same age as like your brother or sister. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, but here's where she fucked up. All right, okay, the please. Ages she gives are consistent within the universe, and you can tell they worked extra hard to make that happen. But if you look at the dates these were originally released, okay. Mm-hmm. So the problem is, is that in the hope chest, the most we're in the most recent contemporary time, right? right. And we have a situation here where I initially started by presuming that that book was published. Two thousand six. I have. That's the reprint. Oh, it's okay. actually 2002 was its original publishing. Okay. So given the 5, 18, and 13-year-old time periods I gave you, that means the very first book of Mary Hart would have taken place in 1966. In a Mary Hart, Nick, the fancy newspaper photo- photographer, reporter, is on his fucking cell phone. <gasps> That's why it fell out of place. Because a Mary Hart was written in 1997, and she said it in fucking 1997. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we go by the other timeline and say a Mary Hart started in 1997, the last one, a hope chest, would be in 20-fucking-33. I mean, maybe she's just assuming that since it's, like, an, uh, set in Amish world that, like, they're not going to show any technological advances. Well, but we have Laura having to enter a password to get on the internet. <laughs> in what would have been 2000 and uh, like 20. <laughs> So my theory on what happened is that Wanda wrote, and this is the other thing, the first book was published in 1997. The second book wasn't published till 2001. So there's like a period of like five years in between. Mm-hmm. And the next last two books were published in the same year, 2002. So what happened is Mary Hart sat there and I think it had limited success for a while. And then somebody was like, oh yeah, this is selling. We're going to do a sequel. And once they did the sequel, they had to pump out a series. That's, I, I think the first one was not written to be an intergenerational thing, but she mm. did it by accident and had to retroactively justify by giving all their ages and stuff like that. And it didn't quite fit within like the overall universe. Not with her, with the references she was giving. Yeah, I she see. fucked up. That's why I think her fuck up was. 
I like it. I, I love that you actually spent time to investigate that. Yeah, no, I I love you so much for that. I, I made a grid. It's like an Excel <laughs> sheet on my paper. <laughs> See, like, it passed my mind. I'm like, I don't know. Something's not really adding up, but I just decided that I didn't have the time or interest to look into it further. Uh, we should get a, when we release these episodes, we should start an Instagram and we should, I'm going to put this, page, my scribblings up on there. You're going to put the grid. You're going to fact check me on that because I was also stoned when I did the math. So I was at Josh's and I was like, hey, what's 23 minus five? And he's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> 18. I was like, just do the math for me. A man. lot, a lot is wrong with me. <laughs> we can also put up pictures of, um, of things I find in the local uh, oh. Pennsylvania Dutch grocery store. Yes. Um, that are mentioned in the book, like ribbon salad. Oh, oh talk God. about okay. it. <laughs> Can we talk about ribbon salad for a minute? Please. Hey, how, how many times was ribbon salad mentioned in this book? I think I got Quite five. I was going to say at least five. And at there's no five. root beer in this book. No ribbon salad has root No, but wasn't there like a warm cider or something like that? A cherry cider. There was a couple lemonade. Yeah. Ribbon salad is an abomination. So in one scene, Silas's mother breaks her arm. And Rachel decides to take this opportunity to get all up on that Silas D by going over to his house to assist his mother with her day-to-day tasks and things. Because God forbid one of her son fucking helps her. Oh, there was a whole passage about it's too bad she doesn't have any girls to help yeah, her out. Yeah, because the penis precludes you from helping at all in the four walls of the house. Yes, obviously. So Silas's mother asks Rachel to make supper, as they call it, which I hate, but anyway, that's side rant. <laughs> to make supper for the family while she goes down to take a nap. And one of the things she asks her to make is ribbon salad. Naively, I am picturing beautiful strands of fresh vegetables, like, shaved into ribbons. Yeah, like some julienne carrots and squash. That sounds delicious. It does, but then immediately after, references is made to packets of gelatin, cream (laughs) cheese, and milk. And I went what the fuck (laughs) so i had to google some ribbon salad and ribbon salad apparently a horrifying jello dessert in which three flavors of jello one of which is mixed with cream cheese fresh pineapple and sometimes cool whip or miracle whip but i've seen both in these recipes wait not miracle whip that's mayonnaise No. Oh, no, 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 no. Miracle Sorry, Whip not. is not mayonnaise. But it's, it's not, but it's, ma- it's not Cool I Whip. I found a recipe that used Miracle Whip. I wish I was lying to you. That is That's disgusting. fucking disgusting. And yeah. then this is layered. And in the fridge, it's uh, traditionally raspberry or cherry jello, lemon jello, and lime jello with the various dairy products mixed into the lemon jello layer. This is a recipe straight from the back of like a jello box. You know what I mean? Is, it's so disgusting is what it is. I couldn't I couldn't even read the recipe. By the way, if you Google ribbon salad and click on images, it's all what you were thinking, Kristen. Like mm-hmm. nice slices of vegetables. There's not one of them. Not one of them that has a jello abomination. Until you add the word jello to ribbon salad, and then you find what I found. You guys, I didn't add jello at all, and all mine showed up with the jello. Do you think it knows? It, it probably like, does know. You're Although, so, all those who are Midwestern white trash. It was like, I know what kind of ribbon salad you mean, you piece of shit. <laughs> if so you, far. okay, but if you add Amish, if you say ribbon salad Amish, um, there are a couple things that might approximate what they're talking about in the back of the book but there's also just like a headshot of wanda if you scroll down far <laughs> enough yeah because 
like, would the Amish have been taken in by a Jello manufactured recipe from like 1966? Yeah. You're right. Wanda Brunstetter just fucking, I think this is like a thing she fucking made up. It's not though, because it is in our grocery store. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, like, I think that she made up that the Amish would have been, that this is like an Amish recipe. Hold on. We can cut this out. Rosie, off. Get off the bed. There we go. (laughs) You're like, will you cut out the animal abuse? (laughs) That's not what the Amish would do. Coincidentally, this dog was from an Amish puppy mill. <gasps> we have an Amish guest. Yeah, yeah, we do. She actually, I had her at the dog park the other day and I was throwing the ball to her and she's like happy as a clam, right? And a horse and buggy went past, her fur went up. She started barking. She was so pissed. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, she knows. Um, so I also want to point out when we were talking about ages and stuff that this book has a situation where Rachel, the main character, is in love with her in love with the there's a love triangle in this boy a boy who has a crush on her older sister it's unrequited love she has a crush on the boy and he keeps dismissing her because she's a whopping five years younger than him and did you guys catch that like at some point in the book rebecca rachel's mom is like rachel is only 18 she's way too young to have thoughts about boys and then like mere pages later her sister's like rachel's gonna be 19 in months she's just the right age to marry yeah and then (laughs) and then her mom quickly does a 180 and starts making shit for her hope chest so it's like yeah so you are okay with this and the mom herself had her daughter like 19 or 20 there's a lot that happens in that like 10 month period of time you know we also have the return of the seductive dutch bob uh i have a line here of um, (laughs) silas running his long fingers through his dark chestnut hair all i could think of is like that fucking dutch bob (laughs) (laughs) so it doesn't blow because it's weighted down by all the grease (laughs) oh it's so awful can we talk about the theme of she asked for it in this novel Uh, oh my god yes please the first she asked for it theme i noticed is um anna at one point accepted a ride home from silas in his accordion buggy after a singing and this is taken by everyone in the community as a commitment to marry him. And it's constantly, literally the words are, she led him on. It couldn't possibly just be that she needed to get home. What no. if she just needed a fucking ride? So like, and they they hammer that point home. She shouldn't have been in that buggy. If she didn't want to lead him on, poor Silas. Also, they repeatedly emphasize that like, it matters who the man loves. Like, she's scolded for not loving him back because he loves her and it's per- mm-hmm. and he's a perfectly fine fellow. Right, then, and she's like, but I love Ruben. And they're like, I don't give a fuck no who you cares. love. But Silas took you home in his courting buggy. Yeah, and then, like, for Rachel, the opposite. She's like, well, I'm in love with Silas, but if he doesn't love me, I have to respect that. Yeah, I also thought it was weird. So, like, once once Anna is like, I'm leaving the faith, I'm not marrying Silas, like, I went and got secret married to Reuben, which, by the way, good for you, girl. It was just, oh, fuck, I forget where I was going with this. Um, Just, like, fucking ridiculous ass. You know what? I'm stoned. I can't remember either. <laughs> I'm not, and I don't have an excuse. But yeah, so basically, despite the fact that, like, Silas asks out Anna, like, a zillion times, and she says no all of the times, like, she explicitly tells him, I don't think we're suited for each other, I only like you as a friend, blah, 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 blah. But despite all of these very clear words coming out of her mouth, and the fact that she actually didn't do anything at all to indicate interest in him, the only thing that they can say is, well, she accepts the ride home. But they didn't go to the social event together. She just fucking needed a ride. Because, you know, as a woman, she can't have her own buggy to drive herself home. No, that would be too too worldly. They even later say that, like, sh- she betrayed him. They use the word betrayal. Because not giving a man what he wants is betrayal, Leanne. But I gotta say, Wanda was a huge 
Amish apologist in this novel too. I almost felt like her writing was written on like a, in a defensive way against like Amish naysayers and haters. Like there's a part where little Perry prior to his tragic and untimely death, tragic, untimely and casually mentioned death. It, it was just so quick. I was like, wait, oh God, he <laughs> is missed, dead. You missed it too. <laughs> prior to his death, he's saying like, oh, I'm so, it's so hard for me to go to work um, all day on the farm with you guys and then also go to school because I'm like a you know a 12 year old child wow. laborer and they like are like oh Barry he exaggerates mm-hmm. <laughs> pat him on the head send him back to the coal mine so it's like she's getting ahead with like criticisms of child labor she is defense shunning by fucking slut shaming the hell out of Anna I know uh, Anna gets shunned and she's like repeatedly is like it's too bad she did this to herself the whole thought and like the her dad is such a fucking dick he won't even let her name be mentioned like which is just i mean i i don't have a lot of familiarity with like the actual practice of like like how shunning is actually practiced within the amish but it just seems so harsh to me she repeatedly like kind of brings up the rules of shunning or the what she perceives to be the rules of shunning and whatever specific Amish. That's the thing is like, these books are all like, the Amish do this, the Amish do that, but like there is huge amount of variation among different yes. sects and or nuns so, and places. This does align with like, what I have heard of as kind of your standard issue yeah. shunning. Like it doesn't actually mean that we won't ever speak to you or acknowledge you, but like, you are separate from the family, you can't eat with us and we can't right. like, do certain things with you. Yeah. Well, and then she, what she does is she, she mentions those specific rules, but she's constantly saying like, oh, but the family can still like love her and talk to her. And she uses the father as like, I I guess, an example of like not doing it the right way because he won't talk to her, except she also is like kind of defending him, that character. Right. Which I feel like is an acknowledgement that most, I think most strict Amish families would just... full shun do not yeah. talk to the other person right and it can be really traumatic and she's like saying like well they don't have to so they're not like that bad but like you can see how they would feel about it like you can see why he is that way uh, can we take a minute to talk about anna's fancy life after she leaves <laughs> oh my god it sounds so miserable doesn't it but here's so what i really don't understand is like so so wanda really wants to drive home obviously that Anna is wrong for having left the faith and that she's clearly going to be unhappy. But all of her complaints about her life are like... Because her husband sucks. Right, well, her husband sucks, but also like, so my husband is tired after coming home from his manual labor job and doesn't want to hang out with me. Versus if you were living on a farm and your husband came home from his manual... What? The same thing would happen. At least you have electricity now. She even complains about the air conditioning. She's like, it's too cold. It's too cold. It's too cold (laughs) if I leave it on for more than an hour. It's like, well, then just turn the temperature up. Also, Wanda is sure, it was absolutely sure to give her the most superficial reason possible for leaving the faith. Oh, right. The truck. The The truck. truck. Yes. It was that Ruben didn't want to give up his truck. That's the whole reason he left. And she left because she loves Ruben. That's it. So she wants her to look bad. She wants her to look shallow and vain. She wasn't like, oh, I'm leaving because of rampant sexual abuse. I'm leaving because I don't want to be a broodmare for the rest of my life. I'm actually a little disappointed in her that she didn't take the opportunity to have Terry killed by a red truck. Oh, Oh. wow. Okay, let's talk about Perry's death. Well, wait, okay, hold on. I have one more thing to say about Anna and her fancy life. 
Um, did you think it was strange? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily strange, but I thought it was interesting how much emphasis they put on um, how she cut her hair. Yeah. And how she only did it because Ruben wanted it and it was short and it just, like, wasn't, like, I think it, the hair really symbolized her, like, truly kind of, like, separating from the Amish. And then I don't know if you noticed at the end when she kind of, like, came and was able to, like, kind of be back with her family, she had grown her hair longer. Right. I, I thought that was some interesting um, symbolism on Wanda's It's like part. in Wanda's head, the way that she's an independent woman is by conforming to her family and like being not independent. Right, exactly. Yeah, the whole thing is like emphasized by being like, Anna, Anna doesn't want any of this. She's just a, a stupid girl doing this for her husband. Actually, she's really harsh. I highlighted this one part where she comes back from the funeral and Silas is looking at her and he has like, he's like assessing how he feels about her now. And he goes, the truth was, until this moment, he never truly seen Anna for what she was, a modern woman who seemed more comfortable dressed in English clothes than she did in the plain garb she'd grown up wearing. Well, you wouldn't have seen that because she wasn't wearing <laughs> Wearing that growing up. I just highlighted that and wrote, that's code for slut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was just her being like, oh, I didn't realize you were a fucking slut. <laughs> <laughs> Which is definitely what Silas would say because Silas is a straight up fuckboy. Oh, he's a total fuckboy. He hasn't gotten to Silas yet, but I have Silas a lot to is, say about Silas. Silas is such a fuckboy. <laughs> so, after Silas realizes that Anna's not coming back, and that Rachel is into him, and that actually, like, they have all the same interests, and, like, she'd probably be really good for him, and blah blah blah, he starts courting Rachel. But he does so in a way that, like, he'll show up at Rachel's place of business, ask her on a date, be really pushy about it, be like, oh, I heard you like fishing, come down to the lake with me, you can make me a picnic, blah blah blah. And then as soon as he walks out the door, he goes in his head, oh no, I hope her crazy lady brain doesn't think that we're going on a date just because I asked her on a date. Just because I actually did that. And he does that over and over and over. At least five times. Meanwhile, the courting buggy is a fucking lifelong commitment. Yeah, well, that's the thing, because he, like, asked her if he can drive her home in his courting buggy because he gets jealous because Abe was also, like, angling for her. And then so he he's like, can I drive you home in my courting buggy? And she gets all excited and she says yes. And then he's like, oh, I hope she doesn't think that I, like, like her. And it's like, but I thought it's we because just... I wouldn't let this guy that did like her drive her home. Yeah, yeah, but no, I can't. I have to win. He is such a fuckboy. I hate Silas so much. Mm-hmm. Also, let's not forget that, like, Every time we are, we see the kids, young people at a singing in this universe that like somebody gets left behind because their sibling is like trying to get some in the fingering buggy. <laughs> they have to walk the six miles home in the yeah. dark. Yeah, because yeah, no your flashlights, ones. flashlights are worldly. The scene at the singing between Abe and Silas and Rachel, where like we're randomly introduced to some other fuckboy named Abe who like goes up to Rachel and is like, "Can I get you some some like punch?" And yeah. so I was just like, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> I'll get her punched. She's, she's mine. Punched. Yeah, the testosterone in that scene. They literally just, make like, her choose control. who's going to get her punch, and she's like all feminine. She's like, I'll get my own I'll punch. get my own punch. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you go, Rachel Beachy. I also thought it was very strange that, like, this girl has lost her sister. Like, her family is shunning her sister, and all she can think about is, like, well, maybe, like, the guy that liked her like maybe he'll like me too and and we can get married and i'm like that is just such a weird logical leap you know i know that i've been hoping for years that my uh my sister will kick it so i can finally move in on my brother-in-law like do no it. like we don't like you would this. never do that that would never happen yeah. right oh i have a question for you jessica 
Yeah. Um, if we can, if we don't mind moving on to um, ask ask a, a, a local resident question. <laughs> well, I already know this happens to you. I just wanted you to talk about it. In the book, Anna, when she moves to to the English world, her coworker is like, oh, what church do you belong to? Oh, I want you to come to my church. And I wanted you to talk about your experience about being asked to go to church. Oh my God. So my, my first job was at um, a smaller, like a, a smaller hospital. And uh, there were some like younger people my age and I was like, okay, like maybe I can make some friends, but almost universally, like after we got through the, you know, initial questions, like, oh, like, where do you come from? Like, is this your first job? Why did you choose to work here? It was like, oh, would you like to come to Bible study with me and my husband? That was after I was asked if I was married and then looked at funny because I was in my early to mid twenties and still not married without children. You are Um, a Miriam Stoltzfus. I am. I am. I had a bitter heart, man. But uh, yeah, so it was like almost almost universal question among like my new co-workers it was like the the standard questions were like oh how old are you where are you from what church do you go to and it was just mm. like very it just seemed very strange to me that that was part of like the standard um book of questions which in retrospect it shouldn't because it's Lancaster no, County it's not, but, it's, yeah. yeah well it's funny because where I because I, I grew up adjacent to there absolutely growing up would have seen that as a completely normal question to really ask a new person yeah a hundred percent now I would think it was weird. I'd be really taken aback by that. Yeah. yeah. Also because like now when I would have to answer that, it'd be like, none, I got to fucking, I'm just jerking off on Sunday mornings. <laughs> Church of the clitoris. Yeah. It's, it's like now that I work at like a slightly larger hospital, it's like that doesn't really happen anymore. But it was, it was pervasive at my first job to the point where it was like, I, I would just kind of like head off the questions and be like, yeah, no, no. Like I, I don't do anything on Sundays. And like, then I just like wasn't invited certain places. Uh, you, oh, yeah. like to non-church events. Yeah. Yeah. Even like if they were getting together, like apart from like a church event, like it would be. Oh shit. You got yeah. shunned. I, I did kind of get shunned, I suppose. The difference is I didn't really give a shit. Speaking of shunning, I also had another thought, which is the part where Anna leaves home. She It's like, she comes home very late the night before. She's like, I'm going to leave in the morning. She's making a hasty exit, which makes sense because they're going to fight against you going, so you're going to have to make this real quick when they don't expect it. But right. they, they do just like ultimately let her go. And all I could think of was, I don't think that they would let her go that easily. I think they would have held her in the fucking house not let the boyfriend on the property like been locking the fucking doors i don't think they let him go that easily well the only reason i think that they did was because she was married when she got, got married and yeah. then i mean it doesn't count because it's not in the church but the, yeah I they don't recognize that but i think it's heavily implied that they bone because if you recall she um, came home the night before yes. without her head covering or her shawl or like i didn't read between the lines i'm not smart yeah. like that i believed yeah. her lie that she got <laughs> yogurt on her or whatever and took her cap off <laughs> you thought you thought it was yogurt it wasn't yogurt <laughs> I'm shocked she would lie. I feel betrayed too now. So I feel like at that point they kind of like let her go because like, well, what are we going to do with our kids? You're already, you're a fallen woman anyway. Good point. Hey, um, we also have mention of dental care in this book. Uh, Joseph goes. Yeah, I don't believe it. Yeah, what's Amish, what kind of Amish teeth, what kind of teeth do you see down there too? I don't, I mean, they're not Terry, they're not like British teeth, but they're Mm -hmm. not, I mean, I, I don't know that they go for like bi-yearly. I mean, let's be real. Most of us in the English world don't do that. That is true. Well, we don't have fucking dental care. So, I mean, you know, it's just expensive for all of us, I guess. Right. But we also do brush our teeth regularly. I don't know. I don't know if the Amish brush their teeth regularly. I don't know if it's like a bathing thing or it's like once a week or... Do you think they give their kids fluoride? 
Probably not. Oh, Probably no. not. Because they're, like, all into essential oils and, like, anti-vax and, like, all that shit. So I, I guarantee you there's no fluoride. Most of them are living on well water, too. It's the other thing. Yeah, like, so the water's yeah. not fluoridated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's the, all wells out here. The water wasn't fluoridated for me, either, in my community. Yeah, I had either. to take um, fluoride vitamins. It's not fluoridated water. here in Portland because of crazy-ass hippies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had to take fluoride vitamins, and they were fucking delicious. And I used to crunch that shit like candy when no one was watching. And I got strong as fuck teeth. My daughter legit cried because they, they changed the formulation on her chewable fluoride vitamin to, like, a liquid one. And now I can't get her to fucking take it, so. <laughs> oh, oh, no. She'll be honest. It's fine. God will provide. Yeah. That's if I learned anything from here. <laughs> He'll provide strong enamel. Okay, but let's talk for a minute about poor dead Perry. It was just so shocking. It was like within the within the span of two sentences, it was like, there is an accident, Perry's dead. Oh, no, no. Even before that, this was like the most heavy-handed fucking thing. <laughs> Basically what happens is Rachel is talking about how she really wants Anna to be allowed to come home for her birthday, Sarah, like uh, birthday party, and her father will not hear of it. And Rachel's internal monologue says... It would probably take something really big, like a death in the family, for her father to allow Anna to come back. Two pages later, missed oh my, it. I didn't even catch that. That's what happens when you read these books at like 3 a.m. And I was like, all right, I read that sentence and I said, all right, like, he's Perry's gonna die. Dead. But Perry's I didn't dead. think it would be the next page. Yeah. Did you think it was going to be Perry? No, no, I didn't see that coming either, but... I thought that maybe, like, the tree branch was going to come back and, like, finish Rebecca off in her wheelchair. <laughs> Same branch. <laughs> Knocks on the door. It's holding a knife. Yeah. No. I'm here for no. you. But a page later, Perry gets hit by a car, and two pages later, he is dead. Also, the way they announce it, it's like the police come to the door, and um, and the police don't even get to say anything. It's just Elizabeth, who is at the accident, is like... I thought he looked dead, and I was like, "Oh, that's just a cliffhanger. He's he's not." Yeah, dead. like a, it's like a little girl who doesn't really know, and then it's like, "Oh wait, no shit. He he he." Yeah, is dead. like a oh, paragraph later, man. they're like, "Oh, we went to the doctor. The doctor told us he was dead." Now, yeah. it was like buried in there. Yeah, it was. It, it took me a minute. I was like, "Oh no, no, he he is dead." Yeah, yeah. And well, then you know, he kind of deserved it. They were really setting him up as a pesky little brother, and. Well, and then Silas, like, is acting like Rachel is, like, weird and something is maybe vastly wrong with her because she's sad following her brother's death. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I, you know, I sure wish I could cheer her up or, like, what's, like I, what's I don't wrong? know what's wrong with her. I don't, I don't yeah. know why she could be so sad. Maybe she should bounce back a little quicker. I don't know. She's acting erratically. You're supposed to just celebrate when someone dies because they're with Jesus now. Well, I think the yeah. whole reason she had the death, well, she had needed the death as a plot point to bring um, Anna back, right? Mm -hmm. That's true, yes. And I think, honestly, she's, like, tasked with, like, visual, helping the reader visualize, like, one Amish life ritual per book. Like, we got the weddings before. Oh, that's true. The we get to church. We get, I don't even know. I will say the Amish funeral is actually fairly accurate. I have been to an Amish funeral. Yeah. Looks like she'd done some homework. Yeah. That, 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 I, I had no gripe with that. Well, and I think all of her stuff, all of her rituals, like how they have ch church at people's houses, like they wrote, it's like, okay, you, I get it. You went to some church services, like you're writing down. Can you imagine her in the back of an Amish church service, like feverishly scribbling down notes? She's like, it's sociologically fascinating. Okay. <laughs> so speaking of Wanda, I did something really shameful before we started recording. Oh, uh, what? So Chris and I were talking about like what? what our next books, which ones we should do next. Yes. And the other canonical author of Amish romance series-based novels is Beverly Lewis. Lewis, yes. Beverly and Lewis. I was like, well, I bet these are better because they're written by like, a, you know, she's a famous author. And Kristen's like, 
no, she's not. And I was like, yeah, she really like, like Ramona Quimby. I can't, I can't even, t- like, I'm still so upset. I am so upset. So Beverly Cleary is, is that person. So we murdered my childhood. Murdered my childhood. So, like, apparently, I was like, oh, Beverly clearly took, like, a, a side tour. Yeah, she, for a couple of years, she just got really into Amish. Bro- Beverly Cleary, who is renowned for being ahead of her time in writing Ramona about young Quimby. women's issues. I was excited to read her. <laughs> is oh, Beverly Cleary the one who wrote Summer Sisters, or is that the other yes. youth? Yeah. yeah. So it's, like, an actually sexy role. Oh, wait, no, that Amish. was Judy Bloom. Oh, damn it! Oh, shoot. I get them mixed up all the time. I'm getting all my white YA authors mixed up. Anyway, the next series that we were debating is like, should we do Beverly Lewis's? Hers is interesting because she follows one person throughout all three instead of this ham-fisted multi-generational shit. Oh, one person. How, like, and how I, am, so? I am really interested to see if, given that amount of time, if any of these authors are capable of developing a character in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm very frustrated with that. It's like, here's this person. She really likes to climb trees and listen to birds. And it's like, that's not character development. Those are just like... <laughs> personal likes of people like it doesn't like how she decided that uh silas would be a or silas would be a good match because he likes fishing yes mm-hmm. yeah and bird watching and bird watching she's like we share many common interests two two two, mm-hmm. <laughs> two, two interests. so um the interesting thing about the beverly lewis series which is called the heritage of lancaster county the whole heritage mm-hmm. and the books in it are called the confession, the shunning, and the reckoning. Okay. Sorry, in order, it's the shunning, the confession, and the reckoning. That sounds sexy. If you go on Amazon and you read, like, the blip for the first one, the shunning, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, oh, this is a story of Katie Lapp, who has, like, an unexpected discovery that reveals her true past, and it's like, oh, what's the mystery? You got to read to find out. But then if you go and you read the amazon blip for number two book two the confession it's like stunned and alone katie sets out to find her birth mother and it's like well spoiler alert uh, yeah <laughs> that's how much they care about guarding the plot twist in these books all right so is this the one we're doing next i would be comfortable with that i, I think i think that's what we should do next should we close with our with our favorite quote because i think we all have the same favorite quote from this particular book we might go. Rachel was keenly aware that Silas only had eyes for her big sister, but that didn't make her love him any less. As far as she could tell, Silas had been in love with Anna ever since they were children, and Rachel had loved Silas nearly that long as well. He was all she wanted in a man. Good ha- good looking, kind hearted, interested in birds, and enjoyed fishing. That's <laughs> all she ever wanted. You're right, and that was like in the first like two pages too. You know what, in relation to that, with these, like, really superficial reasons to love somebody, somewhere in there I had highlighted it was, like, uh, Silas, being five years her senior, had always hung around her older sister, so she'd never have the chance to learn what many of his likes and dislikes were, but today he shared an aversion to liver and onions. <laughs> like, it's like, don't most people? Real deep connection, you know? Now they really know each other on a deep level. Oh, also, one more fact check I have before we go. They, in the book, prepare for Rachel's 19th birthday. I checked. The internet says that adults, adult Amish do not do birthdays. 
Yeah, they don't, like, do cakes or really anything either. I also thought it was, like, very cruel. Like, if you're going to buy into, like, them doing birthdays, I thought it was super cruel for everybody to ignore her until, like, 7 o'clock at night. And then yeah, they're, like, like surprise! I would have been like, fuck all of y'all. Oh, and did you also catch the return of Daniel, um, Lara's uh, child with Down syndrome that she had yes, in the last yeah. book? Multiple and, times. And, and they mentioned that, like, even though he's disabled, sometimes he behaves pretty well. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, they basically made him sound like he was fucking feral. They're, they're not mm-hmm. animals. Like, they actually made both of Laura's children sound pretty feral. Like, I think that was that just a true. dig at Laura's mothering. Yeah, because yeah. she's English and she just, she lets him do whatever she wants. She's, yeah, she's much too lax with those children is basically what, what it says. They're like, yeah, yeah she's not. She, most Amish people don't tolerate their children, but Laura is a, a soft touch. A soft death. It's okay, though. I'm sure her husband will beat the shit out of them. She also tries to equivocate between what Anna suffers leaving the Amish, uh, Amish faith when she's, like, shunned and, like, you know, basically excommunicated from, like, her entire way of life. She tries to, like, equivocate that with Lara's free, free and supported choice to join the Amish community. Yeah. And uh, even though, like, that doesn't prevent Lara from, like, seeing her family. And they even, and, like, her equivocating's weird. She's, like... Has the mom tell remind Anna that like she she won't be allowed to wear her plain dress? It's like she's a, allowed she to wear, wear anything she wants. That's kind of yeah thing. yeah. Yes. Like are the Amish gonna come and like rip it off her body? I doubt it. Yeah, it's like this weird equivocating. It's like the idea that like if we allow abortion, then we're all just gonna go around giving mandatory abortions. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm like, sorry, you're pregnant. You want this baby? Please lay down. The real freedom mm-hmm. is in being forced to wear only one type of dress. My favorite quote is the sweet smell of maple syrup greeted Rachel as she entered the kitchen because in my head I thought uh, and noticed pee all over the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Surely, surely somebody in this house has maple syrup urine to see. (laughs) You can't go anywhere without smelling maple syrup in the Amish community. Not in Lancaster County. If it's not in like actual syrup form, it's in urine form. You can't get away from it. Okay, so we're going to start next time with the Beverly Lewis uh, Heritage of Lancaster County series. See you next time on Ripping Bonnets.